Yes. 
woman. Now here, this part of the room, I everybody will be real reverent to you. Maybe a newcomer should. I hear there's a young woman. I, I have never seen her in my life. She's a stranger to me. I don't know. But uh, we're here when we meet, just like St. John Clayton. I met this there tonight, see? When uh, St. John 4, I mean, where Jesus met the woman at the well. I see her now. She's probably much younger than me. And uh, he told her for her trouble. And by that she said, Now, sir, you, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, see, a prophet is one who the word of God has come to. The prophecy for that day, the word that be fulfilled in that day, comes to that man, and he is that living word for that day. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, we're waiting for that prophet. If you run that reference back, it runs, refers you right back to, to that prophet. That we know when the sign that's what he'll do. He'll tell us those things. He said, I need to speak this. And she went and said, come see a man that told me the things have done. Give this to the sign. And all the people believed it. Now, he promised that the worst that he did, the believers would also, and now in his last days, has vindicated his dear coming by when he revealed himself in the same way that he stopped. And given this message this week, you believe that to be the truth. Now, uh, we be strangers to one another. That's right, is it? Now, if so, the people see, raise your hand so the people see. I've never seen a woman in my life. I don't know more about her than nothing. She's just a young woman, much younger than I. Born years apart, miles apart, here we meet the first time. Here we both stand here, people all around, lights, everything else. We're standing here in the presence of God. Now, I'm talking to you to find out first if that anointing will come upon me. And if it does, then I'll be able to do it. Without that, I cannot do it. I don't think I do. Just pray and hands on you. Like if you're a pastor or whoever it would be, you want. See, it's a gift. I got myself as far as no relaxed it, but then I can't make it come. He has to come. He has to come himself. Uh, just be reverent. It is here. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in here under my control for the glory of God. That's why if anything happens, I'll be able to control it if you just don't jump up and start carrying on. Sit still. Epilepsy may sometimes hit the meeting and just swing out a dozen of them like that. How many things does that happen in the meeting? Sure. But you just sit still. I'm responsible for that. But if you hear this, I'm not responsible because it's a bunch of Now, I have no more idea what the woman shares. Now, she knows all this. Now, at this time, there's something going on. Because right between she and I, she just begins fading out. It's that light coming in. Now, the woman is really her main thing, and she's here for her. She's standing for somebody else. She's got somebody she's, she's praying for. And that's a, 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 a person that's real bad off in a nervous breakdown. It's a sister. That's right. That's how they can For the nervous breakdown. Uh, so the people say, I think, yes, yes, that's normal. Never good. Now watch. She's a very kind person. Good spirit. I just a moment. I look on me. And that's what Peter and John said to get you to look on me. There seems to be something else in your heart. Yes? You suffer yourself. But some sort of a dead yourself might be right? Yeah. You got something else in your heart that you want to know about. And that's that brother. He's in the hospital here. You want me to take a hike with him, man? He's in an automobile right today. That's right. Now, you believe you can see what you have for him? You can warn your little bit, 
Now, do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the mystery of forever? If he will reveal to you what your trouble is, do you believe that he can do that? All right. Now, may he grant one thing that you're suffering yet. Uh-huh. First, you've had some surgery, and you've had a breast removed, amputated, and then you hurt your breast. Uh, your other words, and that's what your trouble is. You're not from here. You're from around a river or something. You're from Louisville, Kentucky. And your name is Mrs. Lundgren. God bless you. That, that's right. Uh, you have been in a tavern. I didn't recognize you, but that's exactly right. Well, you're all believing now. Stop you. All right. Come now. Do you believe with all your heart, sir? Do you believe me to be his servant? Do you believe that as you, when you come, you're coming like a Simon Peter did that time? See, you're not coming to me. You're coming to him. And uh, I'm just his representative. See, uh, he, I, we are the, the, the branches. He's the vine. Now, if the Lord Jesus, us being total strangers to one another, I suppose we are, and if, and if we be total strangers and the Lord Jesus can reveal to me something that, uh, like he did to Simon Peter, some of the rest of them, when they come, would make you believe with all your heart? You believe it? I all right, sir. Now, you look on me just a moment. Now, your trouble, I see you, it's something about the stomach. It's, in a, it's a tumor in the stomach. That's right, a tumor in your stomach. Say, by the way, you are a minister, too. That's right. You believe God can tell me who you are? You believe God knows you? I do. With all, with all your heart, I'm born well. Do you believe God can heal your arthritis and make you well? Go please with them. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Come, ladies. It's up with a nervous trouble. Do you believe that God can make you well of that? Or just go say, praise the Lord. See, a little wheel turning way down here. It used to turn up here. It used to be a happy little person when you were young. Full of joy and jolly and all at once something happens. Now just go up there and believe that again and start happy and rejoicing. Jesus Christ will bring you to it. With all your promises. All right, you believe you're crippling up too. Do you believe that God can heal it and make you well? All right, just go say, thank you, Lord Jesus, with all your heart. You believe God can heal that answer and make you well, son? Go on your road rejoicing, being healthy and happy. Also, weakness, prostrate, and uh, arthritis. You believe that God can make that well and heal you? Do you believe it with all your heart? Go on your road rejoicing. Say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Just a moment. Just one moment. Something happened. Different person from this. Just believe now. All your heart. This lady sitting right here, suffering with a back trouble. You believe that Jesus Christ make you well with all your heart? You can have what you ask for. See? The Lord Jesus heal you and make you well. If you can believe it, all things are possible to them that believe. You believe that with all your heart? Or you think about it, saying there's something that hurts you. You believe that God will heal you that hurts you and make you well? Yes. You believe me well? Or you have what you ask for. Lord bless you. See, he's down there just leaving to share. Why don't you just tear us to pieces on it? You think God will heal that 
diabetic and make you get well, and you go home, the blood, the condition of being, go to Calvary for a blood transfusion, it'll all be over. Go believe it with all your heart. Go down, just believe it with all your heart that God will make you well. Come here. We've got the most dangerous disease there is in the world, that's heart trouble. But Jesus lives in the heart. Do you believe he'll heal you in the heart? All right, go on your road and thank you, Lord Jesus, and make you up. Go eat your supper. Jesus Christ, Jesus, you can have some trouble. Do you believe, do you believe if I don't say a word to say hands on you, you get well anyhow? Lord, say. Believe with all your heart. Do you believe if I lay hands on you, you'll get well too? Come. In the name of Jesus Christ, we should be healed. Come. Now, you know I know what's wrong with you. But I don't even tell you. You believe you won't have to have that tumor taken out and it'll be all right in there. Go right ahead and believe God. You'll get well healed. If you just believe that, you'll take it out and you won't have to have it. If you just leave it all your heart. Praise the Lord. Now, do you believe God heals cancer and makes people with cancer well? All right, sir, go on your road and say, Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be well and you'll be all right. Now, Jesus has come and calls for you. You believe that? You believe it sitting there, ladies, and I had to sit with that sign of trouble, you believe God will make you well? Alright. See, just look in there, you just look around, what do you think? That the lady sitting there shook her head, I think she didn't know what to think about it. If you believe your heart, I just believe too. Alright. You believe with all your heart? This elderly man sitting over here, Mocha showed me over in that way. Do you believe that Jesus Christ will heal your eyes this one blind? You can have what you ask for if you have it. The master has come and is calling on you. Do you believe him? Amen. Then just raise up on your feet and accept him and say, I believe you, Lord Jesus, right now. I raise up my hands and I believe that you now heal me. Lord Jesus, this is all you do. Yes. I remember here not long ago, I was down a little place called Exit, Kentucky. Way back in the mountains, never been there before. A fellow named Mr. Woods and I, he was a Jehovah Witness, and he was at one of the meetings, and the Holy Spirit spoke. He had a boy with a crippled leg drawn up under him like that. I was standing on the platform and preaching, and I looked, and I said, I see a man sitting way in the back of the building, three times as long as this year, a big tent. And I said, and we was up around, um, oh, up on the Great Lakes, and, um, and this man, I said, he's got a boy. A man comes from Kentucky, way down in Kentucky. He's a contractor. His name is Banks Wood. He's got a boy that's got polio. His legs brought up under him. I said, Thus saith the Lord, he's healed. Amen. So the woman stood there. Now there's just many people standing around here this morning. My people that know is David Wood. How many know David Wood's name? Right. Right then he raised up his legs perfectly normal. That's the devil of Jehovah Witness from and besides that, by the same visions that led his whole people, his brother covered up, make fun of him, and just tearing him apart, said, what are you doing for some kind of a fanatic like that, some of these modern-day cults? A reader in the Jehovah Witness. He said, well, the man's out there cutting grass, and I had on a big old straw hat, and out in the field, mowing. I come in, sat down, he said, uh, Brother Banks said, this is my brother, Wow. I said, how you do, Mr. Wood? He said, how you do? Oh, real ear. I sat there a little bit, and the Lord gave a vision, I said, this word, I said, I suppose you don't believe this. He said, I certainly don't. And he said, there's no such a thing as things like that. But it's just a bunch of makeup that you got my brother all mixed up in. I said, oh. you know, the Bible said one word against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven. I said, what? And Jesus was doing the same thing. He had never seen it yet. So he said, I don't believe in no such. I said, all right. If you would believe in such, you'd go back to your wife that you've left. Look at me. 
and looked over and I didn't know what I said to you. So, how strange people come out. See that on the platform and think that you don't know just exactly how you reveal things without around. But you can't say it. Jesus knows Judas is with him all the time, but just let alone because he's the purpose of it. And this boy sat there and he said, uh, look around the banks and said, Banks told him that's his brother. I said, you got two children, two little blonde headed boys. You look back to the bank, and I said, what do you think the bank told me that? I said, how about this? Night before last, you were running with a woman that's got arvin hair, and you was in a room, and in this room there's somebody knocked on the door, and you sent her to the door because you was afraid it's a good thing you got your head blown off. Another one of her lovers is standing at a pistol in hand. He said, God be merciful to me. God knows how. Now he's a sweet, staunch Christian. His father came the same way as his sisters and all of them. We were down in Kentucky squirrel hunting between one of my meetings. I had two weeks. Got real dry. How many ever hunted squirrels? Oh, my brother. There's nothing like it. <laughs> so, give me a 22 rifle in the middle of August and I'm at home. And how the Lord speaks out there and no things, right? so forth. Notice. Then, we got real dry up on the ridges where we were at. He said, I know an old man's an infidel, so he's got 500 acres of this hills like this, and down the, the valley, hollers we call them there, that you can walk because it's wet. He said, we might get to some squirrels. He said, but he's a rough old fellow. I said, well, let's uh, go down the scene. So about a couple months before that, how we know the place is there, I had a little meeting on the Methodist campground at Acton, Kentucky. And that night, all the Holy Spirit was making discernment. There's a woman sitting way back in the back of the ground. And they called her name and said, You've got a sister that's uh, dying with cancer of the stomach. She just sent the Louisville and they opened her up. The cancer was wrapped so around her that she they couldn't operate. And said, This is so and so. She raised up and started crying. I said, When you left home tonight on a marble top dresser, you've taken a little handkerchief and you put it in your purse. It's got a little uh, blue figure in the corner. You say, how oh, that sounds great. Well, how about Jesus telling where that uh, fish had the coin? How about the prophet telling the man that the mule had returned back? Okay, you just, the devil has an impersonation, yes. But you never hear one man preaching the gospel and getting souls saved. You ought to know that. So then uh, we find out, told her that, to take that handkerchief and lay it upon your sister, for as thus saith the law, she'll live. Well, I don't know why you ever know about it, Ben, I forget what he's asking. But Brian, as I've been Brian, oh my dear, you'll never, you'll always know him if you ever seen one. If he'd been here, he'd been screaming, throwing hands and feet in the air like that, screaming. So one time, then he went with this woman and put it on her handkerchief and, and uh, put the handkerchief up on her up there. And about two years later, when I was scrolling, he said, let's go down into that. Yeah, I didn't know it was that same country, about 20 miles from where we were. So we went down there and draw weights back over the hills and down the hollers and up to a broom face patch and over this way. So we come to a big old house and there's that two old man sitting on an apple tree, their old slouch hat pulled out. He said, That's him and boy, he's a rough one, but he's a troubling infidel. So we stopped and I said, You very well talk to him man. You know I'm a preacher, he wouldn't let us know at all. So he he said that walked up there and stopped. He sent a big shoe tobacco in his mouth that run all down through his beard, down there. So he got around and he said, he said, Oh, come in. So he got up there and he said, uh, he said, my name is Woods. He said, I'm Banks Woods. He said, we've been, me and my friends been hunting over here. He said, for a few days up here on Acton, he said, and said, I, um, I, uh, it's so, so dry. I said, we can't get to, into the woods. The squirrels are so, he said, I know your place is posted, but I thought maybe I'd come ask you, you'd uh, let me hunt. So what woods are you? 
He said, uh, I'm Jim Woods' boy. That's the Jehovah Reader. He said, Oh, Jim Woods is one of the most honest men here. They lived in Indiana. Man. He said, the most honest man that ever was in this country. That I can certainly trust you and not kill one of my cows or start a fire. He said, Just help yourself. They go ahead and hunt it. They got 500 acres here. Make yourself at home. All right. Thank you. He said, I guess it's all right for my pastor to come to. He said, You're a what? He said, my pastor, I'm going to take it to you on. He said, my pastor, he said, Woods, you don't need to tell me you got so low down so you have to carry a preacher with you wherever you go. He said, uh, I thought it was about time to get out then. So I got out of the car and walked around and said, how do you do? Looked at me and worship the back around you and sit down like that. He said, you're a preacher, huh? I said, look, squirrel blood all over me and whiskers and that I've had a bath for two weeks, you know, and I laying in the woods sleeping in a hunt. And so I said, might not look like one, but I said, uh, I am. And he said, uh, well, he said, at least I can respect you looking like a human being. He said, you look more like preachers. So I said, well, thank you, sir. He said, I'm kind of against you fellows. And I said, I, I understood from Mr. Woods you was. He said, you know, I'm an infidel I'm supposed to be. And I said, yes, but I don't think I can anything to brag about you. And he said, well, he said, I don't know. He said, I think you fellows are barking up the wrong bush. And you know what that means? A lying dog. <laughs> see, the coon ain't up there, see. So he said, I think you all are barking up the wrong bush. There's nothing up there. And you all are just lying about it. I said, of course, that's your opinion. And uh, he said, yes, I guess that's the way you think it. He said, look here, mister. He said, see that old chimney up there? That's the little house. I was born up there. My pappy built this house down here. He said, about 75 years ago. But I was raised right here, walked over these hills. I've looked everywhere, up in the skies, all around. I ain't seen no God, no angels, or nothing else. Said, well, that's and he said, I never seen one of you, but I thought was lying. He said, I don't want to hurt your feelings, sister. Right. Well, if I'm a good little hunter, my boy really trim him down. So I thought, I just give it. Mom always said, you give a cow and a bull, but hang it something. So I thought, just go ahead. said, yes, sir, that's right. He said, I, I met, I heard of one preacher one time that uh, if I ever meet the guy, I'm going to talk to him. But he might have had something. We talked a little while, and I said, who was that? So there's a fellow said, what was his name? He's up here at Acts. I believe he called him, I forget what his name, but it's Bram. <laughs> I looked over the woods and, Brother Woods, uh, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, the only Casmo lives up here on top of the hill. And said, so we, we taken her to the doctor and little woman said she had cancer and they just sold her back up. Said so the doctor gave him medicine to give her to keep her quiet till she died and she was then uh, just about time for her to be gone, said she couldn't even raise in the bed, said we had to pull a bed sheet out from under, she could put her on a bed bed, right from under. Said wife and I go up and clean up her bed every morning, and said there's a preacher from way out yonder somewhere in Indiana, said he, he come down here and he had a meeting up there, so that man stood there that night and told her sister so-and-so of a handkerchief she had in her pocket, said coming on, and said they brought a bunch of them holy rollers over there, and said I thought they had the Salvation Army up on top of the hill last night. That's old Ben crying out like that, you know. So he said, uh, he said I said, well, you know, she died, so that's her family. All you know how it is back in the country; they just have one another, and they love and live for one another. Too bad we don't do that around the big city. So they, they said we, and he was going to die, and said, well, I thought, well, that's her. I said, well, it's late, we can't get her body out till morning. He said, I'll get my wagon, I'll go up there and get her and haul her out so we can take her to the, over to Campbellsville, Kentucky, about 40 miles from there, to the undertaker. 
that the undertaker comes to the main road, which is about eight miles, ten miles out, that he can pick her body up from there. So no need to go over there at night, but just be crying, so we just wake up daylight. But you know, the next morning when I went up there, that woman had cooked some fried apple pies, and her and her husband sat at the table eating them. And she was living on barley water. I thought, uh-oh. I said, oh, now, now wait a minute. I said, well, you don't believe that. Said, if you don't believe it, <laughs> and I said, well, you was the one who said it. I thought, oh boy, you go preach to me, man. <laughs> he said, you don't believe it. I said, man, do you mean to tell me such a thing as that could happen in all these scientific age where we have the best doctor? He said, if you don't believe it, I'll take that and prove it to you. Now, the infidel preached to me about that. I said, well, you, uh, you mean that? He said, yes. I said, well, what was it? He said, I want to, if I ever meet that man, I'm going to ask him what in the world it was that told him about that and how he knew that woman would be well. See? But I'm going to ask him about that. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that'd be a good thing. And um, I said, um, see, you mind if I have one of them apples? And uh, it was laying on the ground fall the year ago, so second week in August, and the leaves had dropped off the tree and the apples were there. Nice apples. I picked it up and rubbed it on his little dirty pants and went to eat and stuff like that. He said, yeah, every step the yellow jacket's eating them. Come here, yellow jacket. <laughs> so he said, the yellow jacket's eating them up and you have to sell. So I said, all right. So I went to eat. I said, boy, it's a fine apple. He said, oh, yes, I planted that tree there myself 50 years ago. Said, That's true. I said, um, hey, you know, we're going to have an early fall. I said, you look there. I said, why, why them uh, leaves are dropping off that tree before we even have a cool night? August, August. Oh, he said, the life left it. Well, is that what that is? He said, yeah, said, the train the island dropping off. I said, where'd the life go? He said, it went down into the roof. I said, well, uh, how, what did you do that for? See? He said, well, it's because if it don't, if it don't go down in the roof, he said, the winter will kill the tree. The germ of life is in the in the, the sap that's in the tree. And it goes down to the root. See, what a beautiful testimony there to see a death, burial, and resurrection. And I said, then, uh, what happens then? Does it stay down there? I said, no, no. I said, it comes back the next spring and brings you another bunch of apples. Yeah, you sit here and eat them. Yeah. And then, you say, you've never seen God. He said, well, that's just nature. I said, is that right? Nature. I said, um, I want to ask you something. It's just nature. Tell me what intelligence born that tree, that sap in the tree. It has no intelligence of its own. But what intelligence runs that sap down the root, take it down here and hide in the depths of the earth until all the troubles pass, then I'll bring you back up again. Tell me, the life that was in the leaf, just the body died. The leaf dropped off. The life itself went down, coming back with the news. I said, the lion's head went out in the ground. Joe, as I said, like that, oh, hide me in the ground. So I ran deep past he seen the tribulation coming, of course. And notice he said, hide me. He said, oh, that's just nature. And I said, mister, I said, if I put a bucket of water out here on the post, and then every August, that water runs out the bottom of the post, and then in the spring year, it come back up in a bucket again. He said, oh, oh, no, it don't have any life. I said, there you are. It's life. I said, see, that's God. He said, you know, I never thought of that. I said, tell me, what, what does that? He said, I don't know. I don't know what does it. 
I said, it's nature. I said, who controls nature? Is nature an intelligence? He said, well, I never had thought of it just like that. I said, I tell you, I'm going out here score hunting. It's all right to help yourself. I said, when I come back, when I come back, you study real hard now. And when I come back, you tell me what intelligence that tells that life and that tree to go down in the root and come back next spring, and I'll tell you what the same thing that told me that woman was going to live up there that had the cancer. That told you. I said, yes, sir. He said, are you that preacher? I said, yes, sir. I'm Brother Brown. And there under that tree that afternoon. But a simple little thing like that, a lady took him. Here, let me down his cheek. A year later, I went down and I pulled my truck up in the yard and moved away. He was gone. He died. And when I come back, the lady was standing there to give me a ball and out for hunting on horse ground. He told me, honey, I'm going to. She wasn't sitting here. He said that. So I come up and I said, I, I'm sorry. I said, I come here early this morning and parked the car here where you can sit. Does that mean the analysis is on there? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, your husband, so my husband's been dead almost a year. She said, he didn't have on the back porch of that same tree. And I said, well, he told me before he died. So I don't believe it. I said, I was sitting out there one day and, and I said, and I come up and I talked to him. They said, but they can't tell She dropped that apple and I said, sir, you broke down. He said, forgive me. He said, forgive me. He said, he died, shouting both hands up in the air. Knowing that he'd come back, he'd come back again. See, a paradise. Set me some ice cream, just a story. Set me some ice cream up on the old druggist. Told me, he said, you know, Brother Baron, you bring a paradise. And I said, yes. He said, I heard your message one time on a tape. A paradox. He said, many years ago during the Depression, that uh, people on county on relief had to come get an order and said to get their medicine. And said they had to stand in long lines and said one day, strange thing, he said, I was sitting back here reading the paper, my young boy said he was up there, said a little woman missed standing in the line out there, she was to be mother, you know, she any time she had to get some medicine, the doctor prescribed it, she had to get the prescription filled, so so the, the boy, the mother, just couldn't stand up no longer. He brought her up there and said, Sir, I, I'm going to stand in line. I've got to take my wife home. He said, Can I take her home? The doctor said, Have this medicine this afternoon. And she can't stand any longer. He said, can I, uh, can I get this prescription bill? I see, i got the order here. i got to get a note to say that I can do it. And said, I'll bring it back to you. And the young boy, of course, in the with a question. You know, he said, I, I'm sorry. So I, I can't do that. He said, we, we got orders not to do that. So I can't do that. And said, He just happened to turn around and listen to what it was to look up at that poor little woman. Her mouth white and holding against the side of the wall like that, and her husband standing there just as nice as he could be. He said, Wait a minute, son. But I went and got the prescription, filled it, brought it back. Said, Brother Bam, when I went to hand it out, he said, I looked, and I put it in the hands of the Lord Jesus. He said, I rubbed my eyes, I looked again. He said, He was the one who reached out and got that prescription. He said, You think I'm beside myself, Brother Bam? I said, No. In so much as you have done, I'm going to leave my little one. You have done it, son, to me. A paradox. Sure it was to fulfill the word. There's many big paradoxes we can talk about, but dear friends, as we close, I think it is. There's one great one coming. The rapture. Let's all be ready for that one there. Let's condition our souls now before God that when that time comes, that we'll go when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. The morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. 
And when our chosen ones are feathered to their homes beyond the sky, when the roll is called up yonder, let's all be there. Oh, 
There. There's just a man sitting right here. He's head down crying, praying for himself and also for his wife. She isn't here. She's not weeping this afternoon. She's suffering. You think God can tell me what her trouble is? And her not here? You believe it? You do. I'm a stranger to you. Is that right? Your wife has a female trouble. But that's not raised up her hand high. So we see it. And your name is Mr. Smith. Do you believe that God will make her well? That's right. Wave your head up down like this. I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of some man and give him both to the God Father and the Second Father. This woman is still here with her. She suffers with high blood pressure. You think that God can tell me who you are? They call you Daisy. Is that right? Raise your hand. Believe now with all your heart. Jesus Christ. Well, they can be here in the You see, he's the same yesterday, today, and wherever. You believe it? Amen. Here's a man sitting right back there with him. He's got a burden on his heart. It's for his son. Son of diabetes. You believe? That was your wife that started weeping right next to you there. She's got a burden on her heart. That's for her sister. Her sister has heart trouble, complications. You're a Mr. and Mrs. Sickle. Is that right? Wave your hand up and down like this. If I'm a total stranger to you, stand up on your feet. Stand up if I'm a stranger to you, don't know you. Why is it? Bound to die, so they think. She's so eaten with cancer. 
This little woman said to me, he said, my surgeon has been tanning your meeting and he agrees with you. And not only that, but Brother Bradham, I want you to know he's standing with you in prayer for me. If I need any medical attention, I want him to give it to me. A man that can trust God like that. Yes, they're in all walks of life and all professions. Let's remember, the verdict is yours now. Lord Jesus, I've just tried to explain the word. You've testified that it's the truth. Your witnesses, we could have called hundreds. And yet we haven't the time. Here also lays handkerchiefs laying here that's going to the sick and the afflicted. Right here where the Holy Spirit gives witness that Jesus is still alive. We know him by his life. The life that he lived, the things that he did. We pray God now is laying hands upon these handkerchiefs that whosoever they touch, may they be healed. I offer my prayer with faith along with this other bunch of believers for these who are not able to be here. May they enjoy the greatness of God. They may be sick and can't come. Some poor old father sitting back there in a the room pecking on a little white cane this afternoon waiting for this handkerchief to return. That baby laying around the hospital burning up with a fever and someone waiting to bring it the handkerchief. Let the power of Almighty God go with them. Anoint them as the same anointing has been up on the meeting this afternoon and may they recover, Lord. We offer this prayer in their behalf because they wasn't present. But you're on the present. May you be there to confirm your word. Through Jesus Christ's name. Now let the Holy Spirit truly, not emotion, not some kind of just a halfway hope, but a genuine verdict may be passed for this, what I call this afternoon, the court. May each one of them give testimony the same as they take their prayer apart and hold in their hands as they cross the platform. May when they have been ministered to according to the 16th chapter of St. Mark, they shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover. As your elected servants stand here and we lay our hands upon them, Lord, may it seven forever. May they go out of here just as happy and forget about they ever had any trouble. Because they're sure like Abraham was that God is able to perform the promises that he made. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Because by his you were healed. 
Now, I want all of in this section over here that's got prayer cards stand up on that side around the wall. Now, all of in this section here that has prayer cards stand up in the middle of the aisle and face back that way. And all of in this section here that has prayer cards, now, on this, this section here, I turn back the other way. Now, go back this way. Turn the other way. Go on a straight line. All that's in this section, come out this way, face back that way. And all that's in this section up here that's got prayer cards, come out this way and face back that way. And the prayer line will be running. All that's in the balcony with prayer cards, wants to be prayed for, come right down and fall right in behind this next section as they come. While they're coming, I'll... Can we call What's your verdict in all right. The pastors want to know wants to fellowship with other ministers. They want any minister in here that believes in God and believes in laying hands on the sick. If their verdict this afternoon that it's the truth, they invite you as their colleagues to come here and stand on the platform with us while we pray. All pastors that's filled with God's Spirit and your verdict now is that you believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You believe that Mark 16 is the truth. These pastors here want to invite you up here now as their colleague to the gospel. Come up here and stand on the platform with us as we form these prayer lines of praise. Right here, pretty much this morning. All pastors in the building, no matter what denomination, they just told me to ask you, come on up here if you wish to come at this time and form this prayer line to be praised. Pray for the sick, lay hands on the sick. How many in here that is as well now, and you don't have to be prayed for, but you are believers, raise up your hand. Will you promise me also that your prayers will be going up with we pastors while we're praying for these people? What if that was your mother standing over there? What if that was your wife? What if that was your brother or sister? Remember, it's somebody's mother, it's somebody's brother, it's somebody's sister, it's some mother's boy or girl. It's come on, and we will do to others as we have others do to us. Now, I want you, everyone, to be remembered in prayer. And while they've got their lines formed about now to where they can come through, I want the ministers now to come here and form a double line right around the side of the platform here. Right up and down this way, form a double line. So if the people passing by, I'll set this microphone back. Put your orders to be standing here leaving.